This one's for you, the girl who so badly wants to feel confident and empowered to walk in her purpose. That girl that needs to remove the internal clutter, causing the limiting beliefs, fears, self-doubts. That girl who wants to meet her most confident self. She wants to live a soul-driven, purposeful life. This one's for you. Let's rise, babe. Let's get some masculine energy on the podcast, shall we? You guys, I'm so excited to bring Matt Grabowski to the podcast. It's an hour-long podcast, which is a little bit longer than most, but I promise you if you make it to the end, you will have so many gold nuggets to implement in your life as an integrated woman, to insert into your relationship, your future relationships, and just give you insight from a male's perspective on so many different things from pornography to a male's maturity to why males do the things that they do in relationships. Literally all of the questions that we have as women, I am here to ask Matt. I ask him some really tough questions. Listen to the end. You will not regret it. I promise you. Matt is a coach, a podcaster, a mentor. He is really a jack of all trades when it comes to mental health and wellness and nutrition, and he really discusses it all when it comes to his clients. He turns the lost, unhappy, unmotivated boys into strong, courageous, and empowered men. And because of that, he has a perspective that I cannot wait for you to hear. Matt Grabowski, we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Share a little bit about what you do, who you work with, and what the integrated man means to you. First off, to everybody listening, thanks for tuning in. Cody, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, If you're listening and tuning in or watching, uh, we're going to have an awesome show for you today. We're going to dive into some really cool stuff. Uh, But first, to give you guys a detail of who I am, uh, I'm Matt Grabowski. I'm from outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I currently reside in Charleston, South Carolina, becoming a Southern boy, just loving the sunlight and living down here. Uh, I work as a men's health and happiness coach is, is kind of how I like to describe it now. I've worked in various different fields of personal training, life coaching, teaching. Uh, I grew up playing sports and getting into strength and conditioning at a very young age and, and being interested in, okay, how do I optimize my mental and my physical well-being to reach to this goal? And at that time, the goal was be a very good hockey player, be a good student, be a good person. And this passion really just developed throughout college. Uh, as I was, I had an incredible opportunity and role to actually teach physiology labs and anatomy labs, or I was the teacher, I was teaching people older than me, younger than me, of all types. And that really fostered this curiosity and passion for my own development as a, as a man. And also how I can impact others, you know, in my unique way that I think is effective and and gets the job done better than other people can. And so after college, I moved down south to go to chiropractic school, ended up not going and pursuing a different type of education from the Czech Institute in corrective exercise, uh, functional exercise and holistic lifestyle coaching. So teaching people how to move well, think well, eat good foods, drink good water sleep and recover well and and breathe and really dive into these aspects of 
what makes someone happy and healthy? And how can we integrate this with things we deem are fun, with modern lifestyle of having careers, uh, you know, not necessarily living in the type of environment that we evolved to, and just having a good time while we're here. So that's kind of my background. Cody, anything else you, you know, you want to dive into? No, amazing. I love that I didn't know your background because I'm sitting here super impressed and inspired and just like, I, I felt that deep rooted, like, wow, the world needs more of Matt. Like your array of expertise and your mission through like what I've seen on your Instagram and just like the energy that you embody. I'm like, we need more men like Matt. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I feel like you can speak to that. And I did mention earlier that you are the first man in like a few years to be on the podcast. So we're excited. Oh to my God. Wow. Masculine energy. I, I, thank you so much. I really appreciate this now. <laughs> well, just wait until our question. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we want to know like the, the male perspective on things. Yeah. My audience gets my feminine energy, female perspective on things all the time. So I'm excited to dive into your passion on helping mm. boys become men and um, really integrate that into relationships and into a better quality of life. And what men do in this world really translates over and affects what women do in this world, yeah. our emotional um, stability. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you would dive into just to start off a little bit of what you mean by the boy psychology that's running rampant in the world today. Yeah. Okay. This term boy psychology, if you're watching on video is something that I got from this book. It's called the King, the warrior, the magician, rediscovering the archetypes of the mature masculine it's by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. Uh, it is a pretty foundational book to my understanding of how boys become men. And right now we live in an awesome world. Unfortunately, there's a lot of also bad things that are going on. And I think that one of the best ways that we can address it is by addressing how our boys are being raised, how they are learning about their own masculinity and how they emotionally mature in this world and then become men and take on the responsibility of being an integrated man in this world. What do I mean by being an integrated man? To me, the integrated man is someone who optimizes their, his mind, his body, and his spirit so that he, he can be happy and healthy to serve himself those around him, his community, and the world at large at his highest potential. And to answer your question specifically, boy psychology is the psychology of young boys, kind of plain and simple, playing games, uh, messing around, exploring, you know, kind of figuring out what he loves in this world, figuring out what he's curious about. But there's that immature aspect of kind of dicking around and messing with people. And, you know, I, I, something that really interests me is how, and we can dive into this later, but how boys and girls and men and women kind of in the same sex, like games or relationships, how they test each other. I find, I find it very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but 
uh, and it's something I, I've come to observe a lot, a lot more now. But so this boy psychology, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, is running rampant right now. We have a lot of men. We have a lot of adult 30, 40, 50-year-old men that actually are acting like boys in society. They're abusive. They're weak. They're not calm. They don't stand true in their values. They take advantage of others. They use their uh, lifelong uh, full of dominance and testosterone to, you know, hurt people, men and women. And, you know, and then are also swing the other side of the pendulum of being weak and playing the victim. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, that is hugely detrimental to society. We need actual men who are willing to step into this embodied archetype of the king, the warrior, the magician, the lover, to stand up for those who you know don't have it as well as they do, to take responsibility for what you say you're going to do and actually taking action on that, to stand up for this higher truth, this higher purpose that you have, stand up for your family, your community, uh, to love those around you, to love nature, to do things that help the world out and reading straight from my uh, manifestation journal. (laughs) (laughs) Do these men even exist? (laughs) Yeah, no, yes, they are out there. I promise you they are. Uh, A lot of the times I feel like, you know, we're all on our own journey. No one's, no one is, no one is truly the integrated man. Everybody's dealing with their own demons. Everybody's facing new obstacles and don't get me wrong. There are tons and tons of boys out there, but you know, you gotta, you gotta put yourself speaking specifically to like single women looking for, you know, a, a man in his fullness an integrated man. Like you gotta put yourself in the situations where they're going to be around, Ooh, right? Good. Like they're not, they're not out at the bars at 2am getting shit faced and no, nothing against you if you do that, but that's not where you're going to meet like the love of your life. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a perfect example. And something that I say all the time is, you know, there are people in my life that I know are ready for a committed relationship. They're ready for someone to take them seriously. And mm. they complain when they're, you know, being led on or strung on, strung along by a guy, but that same person has the habits of a boy who you know, going out to the bars, getting, drinking all the time and just like the habits that don't align with the type of person that they want to attract. Yeah. Um, But why do you think it is that it's an issue today where age really isn't a factor anymore? Like when you compare a boy to a man, it's not really an age thing anymore because um, one of the things that I've really seen in the area that I'm in now is men aren't ready to settle down between the age of 30 and 40. Like they're still doing the things that men did in college. So why do you think that is an issue? Hmm. Okay. I think there are two reasons. And these are two reasons that they bring in the book, but I truly believe in them. And, you know, I'll put my own spin on it. And maybe it might ruffle little feathers, but I'm here for it. We're here for it. I'm here for the nuance. (laughs) So let's dive into it. So number one is a lack of ritual initiation into the tribe. So what do I mean by this? Well, if you're a human and you're listening to this, back in antiquity, in history, for millennia, thousands and thousands of years, we evolved in small, close-knit groups, you know, uh, maybe around 100 to 150 people, maybe smaller than that. 
where everybody knew each other, everybody cared for each other, everybody had certain roles to do in their community in order for it to function, for people to be happy, for people to be safe from invaders, from animals, from, you know, plagues and viruses, whatever, to keep themselves safe and, and thriving. And the way that they did that, there was some type of segregation between men and women. And it's so, it was so interesting. I watched a, a guy, Paul Saladino, I pay attention to. He went to a, a tribe in Tanzania, which is kind of Eastern Africa, and sp spent some time with these hunter-gatherers called the Hadza. And it's, it was really cool to see that like the men and the women, they kind of, they're, they're very friendly and they hang out with each other. But when they're doing stuff, they kind of hang out in men and women. And the reason I bring this up is a lot of people today, boys specifically, don't have a tribe of elder men to show them what the fuck they should do in life. And they're looking to social media. They're looking to the boy father that they might have and don't have this process of becoming a man of, okay, listen, Matt, you're 16 years old. You're ready for the, for the, the rich, like the initiation. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay, here we go. And it, and it differs all throughout the world. Different tribes in different areas of the world have different processes. Uh, I believe the South, Southwestern uh, Indians would put their, I think it was just the boys, in a little circle. And I think they would either give them some form of psychedelics or they would just leave him there with no water, no food. He couldn't leave the circle for like five days. Other ones, um, you know, Am Amazonian rainforests would go through some trial through fire ants and cover them in tons of fire ants and they couldn't do anything about it. The reason was, is this is how you become a man. And if once you go through this, it's, it's basically like a life or death situation. Maybe they throw you out into the woods by yourselves was to say, this is going to be really hard, but this is what is going to turn you into one of the men. And if you can't do this, you're out. You don't get to be in the tribe anymore and you would die, right? Back in the day, there was, there was no safety net. If you weren't in the tribe, you most likely, you had to go find a new tribe and they probably wouldn't accept you. Who, who is this guy walking up? So we don't have a lot of that in our world anymore. And we also have a lot of fake ritual processes like gangs, like prison communities, like uh, tribes of young men, in, maybe even college doing certain things and fraternities. Yeah. I, you know, I thought about that a lot and, you know, I, I see some good aspects of it in a sense of like, Hey, you got to freaking struggle if you want to get in with us. And I think that there's a lot of boys in there too, but you know, it's, it's, it's something like that. Right. And I would definitely say that that's not the true way to do it because yeah, yeah that was my example as to like what may be skewed these days with yeah. the, the communities and rituals that we do have may not be and it's not all fraternities or every example yeah. i'm gonna give i know what you mean they, yeah they may be leading to you know the the habits that men after college now have because of the sports teams that they were on and the habits that you have mm -hmm. in your your group of boys when you're doing lacrosse or football or whatever and then fraternities so it's i feel like what you just described has been replaced by yes. communities and groups that might not be as advantageous. And then could part of it also be like daddy issues? Because a lot of that sounds like it might be a contribution of what your father should help and mentor you into as a man. 
Yes, 100%. I, I think that it has to do that we don't live in these communities anymore. Yeah. Right. Like you're not living with your uncles and your father and your grandfather and your great grandfather and all these people around you that, you know, right. Like you're not surrounded by them anymore all the time. And you're not shown what true masculinity looks like. And you're not surrounded by what it looks like and its fullness and its purpose in this world and why it stands up for others and why it, it speaks to the, the, the truth of the tribe and the values that you guys hold. We're always like comparing ourselves to others. And like, just me and my personal life, like I'm always moving around with different groups of men, yeah. right? Like you're not, you're not grounded in this one group that, you know, you say, okay, this is what we do. Yeah. Right. You got the variety. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a good thing and a bad thing. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too off topic, but yeah. So this, this lack of ritual process of, and now we only have ceremonies, um, a bar mitzvah. There's the ceremony behind it, high school graduation, but there's no real transition. Mm. It's not like you're going through some crazy obstacle that really turns you into the man you were supposed to be. It actually physically has a somatic experience that you have to push through because you know if you don't do this, you're not going to become a man. And it physically changes you and then, and then it mentally changes your personality and then we can step into manhood and another reason is and this was one that i was going to say was a little bit controversial is the patriarchy and what do i mean by this i mean that men have ran society for the past i think it's like two thousand three thousand plus years and believe it or not there's a lot of evidence that shows before that was really a matriarchy where the women were running it and maybe it was amazing maybe it wasn't so amazing i don't know but the patriarchy definitely has some flaws to it of taking advantage of boys, taking advantage of women and young girls. And as a result of that, we have came to shun masculinity and over overly put femininity onto boys. So it's a twofold issue. One met young boys being scared of masculinity, being scared of their, uh, their want to like be physical and assertive uh, with other boys and like to play boy games and stuff. That's how boys figure stuff out. That's how they grow together. It's different for men and women and overly putting in femininity into boys is the issue. It is the issue. We need them to get grounded in their masculinity. We need them to feel what and, and have them understand. This is like the tribe thing, what it looks like when you're, like to have a good male role model and okay, that's what I need to be like. Yeah. Right. Rather than being obsessed with the mother. And that's something that uh, a lot of these boy archetypes, these boy types of psychology is an obsession with the feminine mother. And you can't break away because she's always going to be your caregiver. She's always going to be there for you. You know, when something goes bad, okay, well, the mom will just step in and, and make everything better. So uh, those kind of two issues are something or two things that I think are contributing to the most. What are some of the ways that you've seen femininity being pushed onto boys? Well, uh, well, first off, I'll preface this with the nuance of boys can do a lot of fucked up things and sexual assault, taking advantage of other boys and taking advantage of others is not good. And I really despise that type of attitude because that is not true masculinity. That is boy psychology, Right. We want men that stand up for things like that. We want men that protect others that can't 
protect themselves. It's just an over-feminizing, whether that's the chem- whether it's the chemical products that you put on your skin, the food you eat that is uh, has estrogen in it, which decreases, uh, which just puts a ton of estrogen in men. Uh, that's like a very simple one. And BPA and things like that that modulated our endocrine systems and, and all of our hormones. But also, this is a big one, is fatherlessness in the household. So like, that's kind of just like an absence of these male role models is we, I mean, there are so it's actually making a rebound, which is kind of cool. Uh, but we have an astounding issue with homes, not having fathers. And that's a whole different discussion, whether some uh, households get incentivized not to have a father in the household, but men specifically are so much more hurt by a single parent household, especially when the father's not in it higher rates of mental issues, higher rates of suicide, higher rates of uh, getting into the prison system, of committing like heinous acts of violence and crimes against men and women, of developing emotional immaturity. It not, it not only affects every kid, but it affects young boys even more so. So getting men back in the household, this is kind of this overarching principle. Yeah, because we need mature men to do that, right? So it's kind of this this circular effect, but specifically to like what I think, uh, you know, just, I think that it's just not having enough, like good male role models. Mm -hmm. And because men are always going to, especially young boys are always going to cling to the mom. Mm -hmm. Right. And when there's so much mom, 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 and not enough dad and like dad time and boy time and wrestling with your friends and going on sports teams and like just doing hard shit and dealing with it. Like that's the fucking masculine coming through you. So shifting to men and women and looking at the relationship with mm-hmm. a, a woman who say she has reached that level of maturity where she's looking for a serious relationship. But mm-hmm. um, I, I only, I like to give examples from my own life because I don't want to make assumptions Same. about what other women are going through. Um, So for myself, I have realized over the last few years that I have the habit of being attracted to men who have hurt and trauma in their past because innately as a woman, I have the desire to heal and nurture and Mm -hmm. be there as a supportive, basically mother figure for that person. And I got to a point where I could look back on every single relationship and see within those men where the hurt and trauma lied. And I was almost more attracted to that person when I heard their story, heard their their trauma and the pain that they had gone through. And so I feel like for myself and a lot of other women, we're attracted to that because we want to provide that healing. But how does this make a man feel or a boy feel in that relationship? Is it helpful or hurtful when you get into a relationship with somebody who um, wants to help and heal? Why would that relationship work or not? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I think that when you first ask the question of like, yeah, it seems like you attract all these types of people, maybe, but like, I think fucked up shit happens to most of us. And the, what's the worst thing that's ever happened in your life? The worst thing that's ever happened in your life. Like to anyone, everybody's going to have some kind of messed up something in their life. So don't think that you're necessarily attracting all these people. I think it's attracting them when they're at a certain phase of their healing journey prior oh, to them okay. transitioning into 
the masculine man that they should mm. be to lead and support the relationship appropriately, it becomes very off kiltered. Yeah. Well, I think that like, you don't want to try and change somebody. You're not going to change them. Mm-hmm. Right. Cody, you're a very well integrated woman. You are obviously on the journey of personal growth and personal development. So you're going to attract people that are that kind of level with you, right? Like if you meet somebody and they're not even anywhere near your level, like they're going out drinking, they don't give a shit about what they eat. And when you question them about like, Hey, like, like, do you ever like cook your own meals? They're like, do you even care what you eat? No. Like, why, why would I care about that? I don't, I'm look at me. I'm skinny. Why would I care? I'm not fat. Right. And like not taking care of themselves. So you're just not even going to even go close to them. It's like, who the hell is this guy needs like five more years before he even gets to me. Right. And he might even be older than you. Yeah. So you asked me, how does it make them feel maybe when you're in a, you're in a relationship with them? So in my own personal relationship, I've been in uh, a relationship with my girlfriend, Shannon, for about two years now. No, two more, two plus years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Um, and you know, how it makes me feel personally is it, it makes me question like my own true alignment. Like, okay, if, if Cody's in a relationship with me and she thinks that I shouldn't do A, B, and C, like, why do I even do that? I think it just makes guys question themselves a little bit more. And maybe they don't like that. Like, for instance, okay, this is a good example. I love my, I need my mat time. I need my introspective time to smoke a little weed and go hang out by myself for like hours. Mm-hmm. And when Shannon and I first started getting into a relationship, she didn't like that. She didn't like that I was going, I, she wasn't like, she didn't think I was going and doing something stupid. She knew I was just going to the beach and like <laughs> hanging out by myself. But she missed me and she was like, why don't you just hang out with me? Isn't that better? And I'm like, listen, like I really had, like we got really clear one day. I remember we got an argument. I'm like, listen, I need my time. And that might not be the same for you, mm-hmm. but this is how I, this is how I'm better with you. If I can spend this time here, that means I can come home and love you better. I don't know. I'm kind of bouncing around your question a little bit. That's okay. That was, that just went to show what a very mature relationship looks like, like having those, those conversations and being willing to take a step back and, you know, let that person know that this is what is going to make me better for you sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But my reflections in kind of that question and like how being that nurturing healer and being attracted to maybe a boy and trying to pull them into manhood yeah probably isn't the most beneficial thing because you you basically you want somebody who is like you said earlier at your level which i fully understand that i have high standards which contributes to keep them up my patient season that i'm currently in <laughs> Um, but I've, I've just learned that it, it leads to the demise of the relationship because essentially that boy will feel demasculated a little bit when you're in a relationship with a female who is beyond you and maturity. Yeah. yeah, I, I agree. And again, I think it comes back to like for men to mature into, for, for boys to mature into men, it's about realizing that or breaking away from your childhood femininity that is the mother. It's breaking away from that and saying, okay, life is fucking scary and I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to go out 
and take action in my own life and and work through this. And it's not as cut and dry as, as we're making it seem between two words between these people, because I'm in some aspects still a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm, I think I'm 95% man, maybe 5% boy. Maybe it's a little bit different than that. And, but Cody, you're, and, and most of these, most of the people that uh, probably are listening to this, if you're doing the work and you've been doing this for a while, maybe you're just started, but I'm, you're most likely attracting men into your life. We just have these, these active or these passive um, kind of things that we can do where we might get sucked down back into the negative aspects of these archetypes. And if I, if I, if I can explain this really quickly, um, Okay, if you imagine, if you're watching this on video, there's a pyramid, okay? At the top of this pyramid is this archetype. That is the king, that is the warrior, that is the magician, and the lover. At the bottom of the the triangle is an active role and a passive role. An active role, you can think of as the ego, is too associated with the king. This is the tyrant. This is the abusive CEO who takes advantage of his interns, uh, the abusive, abusive, um, the, the boyfriend who takes advantage of his girlfriend's, you know, love and willingness to help. And, oh, can you do, go do this for me? And, oh, can you do that? And not necessarily reciprocating that. So that's the active role. And the passive role is, again, the king in his shadow form. This is the weakling prince. This is the, the, the man who doesn't necessarily know what he wants. He's not calm. He's stressed out. As as men and as women, women are doing the same thing. Uh, you you guys both have these. You women have these four archetypes as well, and you can think about these archetypes as like a planet going around the sun. Right there's this Goldilocks zone where the planet is in this perfect, cl- perfect distance to the sun where life is supported. Right where water can exist in all different phases, but if it gets too close to the sun or that archetype and the ego associates too much with the king energy, Mm. right? Abusive power. I'm the center of the universe. I'm so important. Everybody listen to me. And then if we swing the other way and we move too far away from that archetype, I'm weak. I don't know what I should do. I don't want any responsibility in this life. So that's kind of like what those actually are and, and how those relate. And there's four different ones and they all interact with each other. And it's really fun to see when you're in, when you're embodying that archetype and when you're not. Um, and, and for, for those who are listening, uh, for, for women specifically, the four that, that you guys embody are the maiden, the wild woman, the nurturer, and the wise woman. And if you just search those like four feminine archetypes, uh, there's a really good article by Primal Fusion Health. Uh, these are uh, a woman that I know. She's really knowledgeable. And she did an article on that. So if you're interested in those uh, archetypes and how they apply to yourself as a woman, you should go check that out. I'm going to throw one at you that we didn't have planned to discuss. But Let's do it. I feel like you'll receive it well. <laughs> it's not all the man's fault. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Uh, this culture, this like single woman culture, we put a lot of blame on men for acting the way that they do and being a boy and being immature and all these things. But if you're not doing your part to grow as a woman 
and be your best. I always say like, I want to be my dream guy's dream girl. Like what do I need to establish in my day-to-day life to be equipped to attract the man that I have such high standards for? Because Mm -hmm. if I'm just, if I'm staying stagnant and doing what I've always done, then how can I expect someone with the standards that I have to come into my life? So in what ways do you see women contributing to this boy psychology? Hmm. I think uh, some of it has to do with women not understanding how men test themselves. Hmm. Okay, so what do I mean by this? One of my favorite things to do is play sports. And I think a lot of guys really like this. And the reason why is it's a way that we test ourselves. And for instance, in my own hockey games, you know, it's hockey is a, ice hockey is a pretty physical sport. I grew up playing at a very high level and I love playing it because I get to interact with other men in this masculine sport where there's no women around. So we all get to be ourselves every, if you're a guy listening to this, or if you're a female listening to this, like when, when you're in a, a girl's night and you're hanging out, it's very different when there's like one guy in the room. Like one guy who's like single and maybe he's a little bit attractive, like the whole, the whole game changes, right? You got to have our hair fixed. We can't do this. We can't say that and, and things like that. You can't make jokes because it's like the girl code that the guys don't really know about. Um, and obviously I'm never there for those conversations. So I don't really know, but kind of back to this, uh, letting guys like hang out in these guy spaces. Cause this is how we test ourselves and how we test others to figure out what the fuck you're made of. Like I had a, a guy on our team that was talking shit about one of our players that wasn't doing so great. Like he just wasn't our best player. So one of our best players was talking shit about one of our worst players. And I called him out so hard. I was like, dude, teach him. Like stop talking crap on him. And why don't you actually just teach him how to play? Like show him what he needs to do. And that's this, that's this masculine, you know, uh, this is the role model. Show him what to do, right? Um, and then, you know, so allowing guys to, like tell, giving him permission to go hang out with his guy friends when he's doing stuff that's productive. Yeah. Right? And like. <sighs> yeah, that's a good one. Because I feel like women tend to be super needy and like the example that you gave earlier with you needing your you time and Shannon didn't really understand that initially and you had to have that conversation it's like we have to have a life outside of our relationships we have to have friends that we still pay attention to think that's the biggest downfall of being in a relationship especially new relationships you give all of your time and energy to that one individual and your community and mentorship outside of that relationship takes a backseat um so i think that's huge and then wrapping in like what we said earlier with um the reliance on the mother a boy's Mm -hmm. reliance on their mother do you think that as women we tend to take that role take that place yeah yeah, yeah, 100%. So so two things. Um okay, so with the mother example. Yes, I 100%. Like it 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 they just think of you as the mother now. Mm-hmm. It's the mother isn't like yes, it is usually their physical like biological mother, but they will put that energy, that archetype, the mother archetype just onto you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, "Well, Cody, like I, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't vacuum. I do this with Shannon. I'm sorry, Cody. I didn't vacuum. Like, I'm sorry. Like, is, can you do it? <sighs> okay. I'll do it. 
That's you not letting him step into the manhood. Mm-hmm. Right? So how, how do we respond? Uh, well, <laughs> Shannon would get really pissed off at me until now. She came home the other, I'm thinking about this because it happened like yesterday, the day before. Literally, she came home. I said, fuck, I didn't vacuum. Got right up and, and did it right in front of her. And she not, didn't even like, said, hi, hi, how you doing? How was work? Blah, blah, blah. And then I just vacuumed. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't do that. I, but I did it. Okay, that's a fucking step in good direction. So like trying not to be his mother in his life, making him stand up for himself, making him take actual actions and facing the dragon in his own life. And that's not to say that you can't sit there and support him, mm-hmm. but maybe you're overly stepping into his decisions and not letting him come to the conclusion that he needs to, right? Like we need, men need autonomy in their life to, to gain the confidence to wield the sword, to like face their dragons in their life. If you're like, okay, well, you know, if you take this little passage and there's a, you can get right around the dragon and the gold's right back there. You don't even have to face him. It's like, fuck, I wish I would have figured that out. <laughs> yeah. You want to come up with your answers and your solutions yourself. Do you yeah. Think- and because, Go ahead. Women have come like embodied more masculine energy and they're like taking more control. Yeah, uh, somewhat. And like this might be like to the over feminization of, of young boys is like, I'm now the father. So now I'm trying to do too much. And now I'm also being the mother and putting that on you as well. Mm. So it's like, I'm showing up like a father in your life, but I'm not actually being the father. I'm still being the mother. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, it's, and it's, this is like an archetype we're putting out there that isn't everybody. No one, no one is that, you know what I mean? No one's actually acting like that. It's just like a, an epitome that we are an example that we're giving. So how did Shannon establish those standards with you? Those expectations is a better word with you of like, I expect you to vacuum without nagging and being that mother of like coming home being like, you didn't fucking vacuum. Like you jumped up and you vacuumed, but what led up to that response? Okay. This is a good one. And, uh, she definitely helps, but I definitely lead these conversations most of the time. So if you're a woman right now and you're in a relationship or you want to help a guy out in your life, tell him to look up Jordan Peterson. He is by far the most influential person in my life in, in many guys' life for taking action, for standing up for the values they believe in, and for getting their room in order, setting a schedule, setting goals, following through with that. And so to get back to your point, these things that we do every single day, making food, dealing with a dirty house, cleaning the dishes, uh, v- vacuuming, uh, you know, these things that literally we do every day, if you're if you're building up resentment with your significant other around that type of stuff, mm. that is going to be the most detrimental thing to your relationship. So have the fucking fight. I have fought with Shannon about dishes and cooking probably four times for an hour each. And they're not fights. They're not fights. They're disagreements where we get a little heated. And I like to talk and I like to debate because this is how we settle this. It's like, okay, how much cooking do I need to do to match up to your cleaning? Because I'm cooking this entire time. You clean, but you also sit there on your phones and you make cute reels and you're looking at Instagram. I'm, I'm cooking this entire time. That's why I think when you're cleaning after the meal, I, don't, I shouldn't help you. 
Mm. Right. And we get in this fight. So we literally was like, how many, how many do you think we need? 19 to one is what we came up with. So for every 19 things she cleans, I have to clean one. And then we did it. We did it for like three days. And she was like, oh my God, this is not a good negotiation. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. And it's just about negotiating with yeah. each other and having open communication to say, this is this goal that we're trying to get. How can we both help each other out? Because that's what a relationship is. A relationship is for two of you together that is better than one each of you by yourselves. Mm -hmm. It's so that you push each other. It's so that you challenge each other. Um, and a, a really good example of this is alcohol consumption. My girlfriend, Shannon, is sober. She's been sober for about two years now. But I was drinking. I met her drunk as fuck at a mimosa festival. And... Yeah, I know, right? Mimosas will get you. <laughs> I know, they'll get you. Um, I had just came to the city. I met up one of, with one of her guy friends and met him and was really good friends and we met her. Okay, besides the point. But because she's sober and she doesn't mind me drinking, but when I go out with friends and I say like, yeah, I'm going to go out with my friends for two hours and it ends up being like six and I'm, I'm getting really drunk, she gets pissed off at me. She's like, you said you were going to do this. Why aren't you doing it? And, and to some extent, I'm like, listen, I'm hanging out with my friends. I don't do it that often. I need my guy time. I need my time away from you. She gets that. Um, but it's like, she's challenging me. Like, she's like, don't drink. Drinking is bad. Alcohol is a poison. And I'm like, friendships are fun. Alcohol is usually around friendships and good times. So like, how can we make this work? You know what I mean? Like, can I have two beers at dinner? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, first off, don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna have two beers if I want, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. just a negotiation with you two. And you just have to be open and honest and you have to check back in. So like, hey, Shan, how's that 19 to one cleaning going for you? Oh, that, that isn't fun. Do you, see, do you see how now putting in a ton of work when the other person really isn't doing that much work, it, it kind of eats away at you? Okay, let's renegotiate. And now yeah. we do really well and we haven't thought about it in a while. Yeah. So it's like that open communication instead of being passive aggressive, holding oh. on to the resentment. Passive aggressive is it ruins relationships. And yeah. I call, I call, she calls me out on it and I call her out on it. Like we're really good at calling each other out. So it happens when you date a life coach, <laughs> <laughs> two life coaches, lots yeah. of coaching going around. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you guys make that work. Um, what does it look like when a whole complete woman is in a relationship with a whole complete man? Mm. You, you've kind of embodied that with your examples. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> open communication about what you want in life and where you're struggling mm. because, okay, this is perfect. Cause like that's setting the goal. Okay. This is what I want. And then these are my issues that I'm facing. How can you help me get there? Mm. Okay. I can help you with this. You want a, B and C. I can do X, Y, and Z. Cool. Mm. What do you want in life? Okay, they're probably pretty similar. Maybe they're not directly the same. Shannon wants to sit at home and watch Housewives. I want to go play hockey. Cool, why don't we do them at the same time? Mm. Bing, <laughs> right? I freaking hate the Housewives. <laughs> she hates hockey. Perfect, mm -hmm. right? And we both win. And so open communication, but also like from a man's, you know, it's both of this, from an, uh, like an emotional maturity to use your negative emotions to tell you when you're not living in alignment and say that. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Using your negative emotions as a feedback to live your life in alignment. These negative emotions, fear, shame, guilt, they are here for a reason. If, 
if it wasn't evolutionary, like smart to have that, they wouldn't be here. The reason why it's like a U-shaped curve to a certain extent, you know, feeling them a little bit. Okay. That doesn't really help feeling them right at the peak of the curve is like, okay, why is having this conversation with Shannon about dishes, uh, fearful because I want to stand up for myself and I don't do that enough in my relationship. And I'm scared that she might leave me. Good, good. Have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then to, and then it goes, it overflows like, oh my God, I'm so fearful. I can't do anything. Oh my God. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Like that's too much fear. Use them to a certain extent and realize that that's your body's feedback system of telling you you're out of alignment. Just like when your when your belly hurts after you eat like a crappy meal, that's your gut saying, Hey, we're out of alignment. Get back in alignment fast for a little bit. Go eat some better gut foods or whatever makes you happy. And it's the same with all these other body symptoms. The mind is just a little bit different and it uses emotions to talk with us. Prime example of this in one of my past relationships, I had anxiety all the time. And I tried to express to this person why I was having these anxieties, what my triggers were. And I had a lot of healing from past relationship with cheating and all of that. And so I had a lot of insecurities that I was bringing into that relationship. And I tried to have that conversation of like, look, this is the relationship that I came from. Um, This is what I'm facing. And that person just disregarded it you know, that has nothing to do with me, didn't even want to have the conversation, basically. And I tried to ignore my body's red flag radar, and just had constant anxiety, I would even turn off podcasts that were speaking directly to my situation, because I knew, and I didn't want to face it. Um, So it's just like, and then just builds up and it builds up and it builds up and builds up. Did you ever, uh, if if you don't mind me asking, did you ever deal with it? Um, it led to the demise of the relationship and yeah. Right. Like what's worse dealing with it or the relationship ending and having crippling anxiety for six months. Right. I mean, and the relationship was ending regardless because it just wasn't, but that's an example of how you feel when you're not in alignment at all, whether it's you and the, you need to sort your stuff out and the relationship can still thrive in that scenario. I was out of alignment because of the relationship and because of my past Mm. insecurities and none of it was aligned and meant to be. And so that I needed to move on from it, but sometimes you are in the right relationship. You're just not dealing with your out of alignment in the right way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Your body will know if you oh, just yeah. sit down and breathe, do some belly breathing, just sit, just sit and be still for a minute. Your body will tell you if yeah. it's, if it's a hard yes or a hard no. Yeah. And if, and if it's a, like, you can be dishonest with yourself. Don't get me wrong. Like you can lie to yourself and try and, Oh, well, my body said, yeah, but you know, think about this and think about that and think about those. Like these are these different parts coming through you, but there is a true, there's a true part in like the one that presides over everything that, that will let you know. Yeah. And that's where your mind will start just battling itself. And it's like yeah. your, your rational mind versus like what your body's telling you to do. And it's just like huge conflict. I've been, yeah. I feel like um, and you know, it's something I, I thought of uh, when you were kind of talking about that anxiety I don't know why it it led me to think about a conversation, but something that I would love to talk about that I think women can really, really do to help men out. And this might come as a shock, but asking men, uh, like preferably if you're in a relationship, but maybe even asking men that you're not in a relationship with, because it, it might 
that you're close with, because it might allow you to have some distance from the conversation is how do they deal? How do they watch porn? How do they deal with porn? What's their interaction with porn? Because realistically, I think porn might be one of the demises of, of, for boys. Reason being a hundred years ago, or uh, let's do with this today. If a boy, if a young boy has a cell phone or a laptop, they can watch more beautiful women have, we all know what goes on in the porn industry. Lots of really, you know, there's porn is porn is good in some aspects and bad in a lot of aspects, but a boy can see more naked women in 30 minutes, more beautiful women than they'll ever see in their entire lives. 150, 150, hundred plus years ago. And that triggers crazy dopaminergic systems in their brain that rewires how they see women. It rewires how men uh, view women. And it also rewires how they are relating to themselves because if they're watching porn, they're most likely masturbating and it, it's going rampant. It's, it's running around. And I guarantee you, if you have honest conversations with most of the men in your life, they most likely have a bad relationship with porn. They just don't know how to deal with it. And it's, and it's hard to get out of. I've been there. Like I've been there. Most of us have. So your point in how women can help with that. Yeah. Um, so if you're in a relationship uh, with, with someone, like if you haven't, haven't already said this, like just ask them, like, what, like, how do you, do you watch porn? Like wh- why? And it's going to get really freaking awkward because they're going to be like, well, to get off. And it's going to be like, okay, well, like, why don't we, we do it together if you're doing that with that person. Uh, and I, it's, it's about like these fantasies that guys have and, you know, to a certain aspect, that's okay. Like, it's okay to have fantasies and it's cool to like, cool to like these things. But it's, at some point it, it becomes like too much down the rabbit hole. And the yeah. issue with porn is, and this is 100% a fact is you get plateaued by what you're looking at. And then you go a little bit further and then you go a little bit further and further and further. And two years later, like you're looking at some crazy stuff and guess what? Now this girl comes over and she just wants to make out and uh, do surface level stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like, okay, that's fine. But you know, tomorrow I'm still just going to jerk off four times. Yeah. Right. Because like you didn't satisfy me and I'm not satisfied, satisfied with myself. Mm. So I know that's, I know that's a, a, a like a dense su- subject, but I guarantee you, you know, so many guys that are struggling with porn addictions in your life. It is a fact and boys are too. And that's an issue. So knowing that that's fundamental to a relationship and having those awkward conversations, because as a man's standard increases, as he watches porn, his standard of what he, his expectation and what gets him off and in sex is like beyond. And then when the woman comes in and maybe she's a little bit more vanilla or whatever, and she realizes that that's the kind of stuff that she's, he's watching, it increases the insecurity in the woman too. And I just, it's funny that this is going to follow the vagina shaming podcast that I just put out (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) I I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of why women feel vagina shame and body shame because men have been watching these women who are surgically altered 
and perfect. it's perfect. And they, their vaginas are even surgically altered to yeah. look a certain way on these videos. And so we're now compared to porn and it's developing these issues in relationships and the psychology of a woman and the psychology of a man and what his expectations are. So I think that it's an important topic when talking about boy versus man and the yeah. female relationship and all of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that it, it, it affects women to a degree because like you just said, but also like, cause now we put you up to these wild standards and then you, and then you're like, Oh, is this what I have to do to like be liked? Yeah. Like you're watching all this, all this butt stuff. Like, is this, is this what I need to do to, to like have your love? Like, is it, like, I, I don't want to do this, but you know, like this is the conversation you might have with yourself. Yeah. And I think it just needs to be open and you just need to have more conversations about it. And, you know, it's, it's scary sometimes. Like it's, it's a weird topic to talk about, but it's something that is so men use it for different ways than, than females use it. And I, I just know from personal experience, like it's not good when, when you're addicted to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that talk was about not in other. our notes, but very That was good. definitely not in our notes. I didn't think <laughs> I was going to talk about today, but here we are. But very good insert. Um, so just to wrap it up, what advice would you give a woman when dealing with relationships or looking for a man when it comes to like the boy psychology? It's a very broad question. So No, it is. Kids. No, it's okay though. Um, it challenges me a little bit. First, realize that you're not going to change them. They got to do the work themselves. And I, I think it's just good to like, if you're getting hints that something's wrong and like that they're not necessarily like the right fit for you, it's probably not the right choice. And if it is the right choice, they'll come back in your life. Mm, that's good. Right? Like if you're like a month into a, like not even a relationship, you're a month into like, okay, a relationship, but not in the sense of boyfriend, girlfriend, like just meeting them. Mm-hmm. And like, you're getting some red flags of, I don't know what red flags that come up for you, Cody, like two or three. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. <laughs> red flags that come up for me. Poor communication. Okay. That's one. How about another one? Um, not no follow through, not words and not action. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Like if they're not doing that and that's something you highly value and, and that bothers you be upfront with them, have the conversation. And if they're not willing to step up to the plate and own their shit, peace, like goodbye. If you want to come back for this fucking badass, Shannon calls big mommy energy like she's from Boston and she's really in the baseball. So instead of big poppy, big mommy, uh, like if you're not here for this big mommy energy, get the fuck away because, because this, okay, this is okay. This is really interesting men. And, and this is true of all, uh, mammals, most of them, um, men, the way we, we, uh, go about in our, uh, I don't know, sexual advances and, and trying to get reproduction is we go out and we, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey. Oh, hey, you're hot. You're sexy. I like you. Boom, 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 boom. Like we play with the numbers. Okay. That's like when, when guys go out to bars, like they talk to a lot of women and the women's role is nope, nope, nope. I'm hot. I'm strong. I'm independent. I'm here. No, no, you, I like you come here. 
drag him in. And like, so the reason being is you got to pick and choose. And if he's not right, peace, because you got tons of other guys lining up and uses an experience to say, Hey, you're not ready right now. Maybe you'll be in a year, maybe you'll be in two weeks, but right now you're not ready. Like challenge him to become the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, what are you going to, you're going to deal with it in six months. Good luck. Right. You already built up all these patterns. Like you already, you already became the mother in his life. Yeah. Right. Like step up and be, you got to be the father figure a little bit. Like stand up and say, why are you doing this? Like, why are you acting like this? Why are and you're, you're passive all the time. Like you said, you did this and that it just takes being open in communication, standing in your values. And when you have fear around a conversation, it's probably time to have it. Hmm. And the more you wait, the harder it's going to get. And the more it's going to sting when you have it. And it's probably going to sting afterwards too. Yeah. So that to me, to wrap it all up is a woman hmm. knowing her worth, being confident yep. in her worth, not falling for a man's potential yeah yeah i mean not falling for man's potential hmm say that a little bit differently okay so this guy is showing me red flags he's not ready yet but i'm going to wait commit myself to the relationship and be in it because of who i think he can become and i want to help him become that just like yeah. you said, we're not going to change a man. And I think that that's an issue with a lot of women is they get into relationships and they're like, but he has the potential to be, you know, a great dad or he has the potential to be this amazing person, but he's not showing up for me like that person yet. I'm going to wait until he does and stay committed yeah. to this relationship. But it's like what you said, if you're in a bar and you have these suitors knowing what you want and attracting what you want um, instead of knowing what you want and hoping a guy that isn't fulfilling those needs at some point along the lines does fulfill those needs. Yeah. And just, I think the issue is kind of like that anxiety example you gave of like the moment you sense the, uh, like the no, okay, let's sit with it. Is this me like reacting? Is this, is this my own issue? No, I want this. He's doing this. Have the conversation. I think, I think that's what you got to do. And if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice. And if you're not doing that, you're likely afraid and facing insecurities. So, it's and like, if you're not going to stand up for yourself, who's going to do it? Yeah. Right. Like who is going to stand up for Cody more than Cody. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end it with a, a quote from Jordan Peterson. Uh, he says, who is your number one enemy in life? you mm -hmm. who is the only person that that holds you back from everything you could possibly want it's not this guy it's not your parents it's not the patriarchy or society it's you you hold yourself back and you hold yourself back from having these conversations from standing up for yourself for uh you know loving yourself more and doing more self-care it's like it's you so i don't know that's what i'll kind of end on that's that's how you become the integrated woman. Realize that you are your biggest enemy and that's where the dragons lay that you have to slay in order to get the guy and the gold behind it. Wow. Powerful. To attract an integrated, integrated man, you have to become an integrated woman. Yes. So good. And realize that it's not, you know, you're never going to be, you're never going to, because once you're there, 
guess what? The integrated woman sets another higher standard for herself yeah. before she even gets there. She realizes before she even reaches the top of the mountain that, holy crap, this was just a foothill. There's yeah. a Mount Everest behind it. Yeah. Right. So you're always along that journey. Amazing. Wow. Mm. How can people get to know you, follow you, reach out to you if they want to have this conversation further or work with you? Yeah. Uh, and first off, just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you everybody for listening. If you made it this far, I'm sure you had a whirlwind of information. Um, but yeah, I work with men and women. Uh, I've actually worked with more women in my life than men, which is very interesting, but I just have a, a, a very big passion for helping men out. And a great way to help men out is also helping women out. I'm here for everybody. Uh, my The best way to get a hang, hold of me is my Instagram handle. It's at the underscore integrated underscore man. Um, you can also just search my name and that will come up too. Uh, direct message me, send me voice voice messages. I always love that. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, on my website, on my the link in my Instagram bio, there's a I have a ton of free resources uh, that that I give to my clients and and use with people, whether that's around movement, whether that's around nutrition, mindset, um, maybe just a different perspective than than Cody gives or other people gives. And if if something resonated with you, um, shoot me a direct message. We can chat about it. I can go into more detail. Something that you know I'm very passionate about is learning so much about the world and distilling that information down into bite-sized pieces that people can digest. But I have a ton of resources at, at my women, just, you know, pick and choose who I want to give them to. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and opinions on all of this. This was just such an amazing conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Cody. There's so much to come, you guys. I feel like this is just the beginning. There's so much bursting out of me. I have started creating again. There's going to be ebooks and workbooks coming up. I have started my vlog officially on my YouTube, and I'm just so excited about the alternative forms of content that I've been able to create inspired by you guys, your reviews, your shares, the comments that say, I needed this today, or the DMs that share your story about how my content has helped you. Those are really the things that keep me fired up. So if you love this episode, if you've been liking my content, please feel free to share, feel free to shoot me a DM and just let me know so that I can continue to speak truth into your life and help you rise.